Welcome to the season two premiere of Awaken Now What. I'm your host, JR. And I'm your co-host, Helen. The purpose of this podcast is to build community for those who are awakened, those on the spiritual path, and those who are curious about spirituality. We're kicking off season two with an exciting episode. Yes, we're in a studio, Helen, for the first time ever. We're recording audio and video. We have three cameras. We have a very special guest. Uh, We're going to be talking about aliens, ETs, and our cosmic origin with Ishmael Perez. Let's welcome Ishmael to the show. Yeah. How are you doing, Ishmael? I'm well, thank you for having me here. Yeah, we're, this is a much anticipated episode. We're excited to have you here. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. I consider myself an awakened starseed, a cosmic ambassador to the earth, representing an intergalactic alliance of many benevolent worlds that are waiting for the earth to be restored back to not only the galactic community, but to the entire cosmic community. I recall from an Instagram live that you were born awakened. Yes. What was childhood like? What was it like growing up? You know, it was, um, it's almost like I didn't know where I was. Mm -hmm. I was, I was about four years old when I realized that I had these abilities that no other kid had. My cousins didn't have and my brother and my sister didn't, my, my siblings didn't have it. Um, I was able to communicate with animals. Telepathically. Yes. And Mm. animals and plants as well. Um, I was able to pick up on energy, feel things before they happened. And when I was five, um, I felt like I was one with the unified energy field that is all around us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they would call in Star Wars the Force. The Force. And this field of intelligence that uh, permeates all of existence that exists within us and all around us, um, I felt like it was part of my consciousness. So I started um, playing with telekinesis at the age of five. And unfortunately, one day my mother, I'm sorry, my grandmother walked in. In the middle of me teleporting, you know, toys from one part of the room to the next, uh, practicing or, you know, using telekinesis. And she thought I was Damien, the devil's son. So she called. No, it was crazy. I I was kind of like shocked that she came in and started saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, calling the local priest to come uh, throw holy water on me. Uh, She had no clue. She was unaware. She thought you were just possessed by the devil. Absolutely. Essentially. Totally religious person. Right. Okay. So she called the local priests. Uh, they came in with holy water. They sprayed it on me, and they started asking me, you know, who, who, who are you? What are you? And I was like, I'm Ishmael. I'm Ishmael. No, no, the entity inside you. I'm like, there is no oh, entity wow. inside me. Right. This is, I'm, just, I'm just a kid, you know. <laughs> what are you guys doing questioning me about who I am? <laughs> so it was very tough, you know, um, even um, th- recalling situations uh where I was interacting with my cousins, I was always spacey because mm-hmm. I was always a visionary. Mm-hmm. I was always having visions of the future. Um, and so my whole family thought it was weird. Right. Yeah. Do you have access to your past life memories? Then I didn't. But during my, after I shut down my abilities due to the religious indoctrination and right. the, you know, my, my family uh, causing me to suppress my abilities, I later woke awoken again during my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I started um, accessing uh, past life memories as wow. to who I was. Mm-hmm. I was tapping into what uh, most would call the, the Akashic, Akashic records. records. Yeah. Right. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. So you are the fantastic author behind our cosmic origin. I'll show it to the cameras. How did this book come about? You told me earlier that it took you 10 years to write. Oh, yeah. Uh, the reason being is because... 
I was being guided the whole time. I mm -hmm. felt like um, my my higher self. You know, I call it my galactic self. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I made a video the other day on uh, Instagram indicating that uh, we star seeds are not only existing here, but we're actually simultaneously existing um, in Up our motherships on the mothership. Exactly. On the motherships. Is that and considered so multidimensional too? Absolutely, okay. yeah. So we are multidimensional. We we just don't have memories or uh, perception of um, our existence in these other realms and mm -hmm. densities mm -hmm. or dimensions of reality. But we do exist on different frequencies, mm -hmm. right? And that explains why we only use four percent. But um, I, we could uh, just answer your question. <laughs> so um, I started getting, you know, through my own inherent understanding of things, uh, knowing that I was different. I started getting downloads. I started uh, meditating. Mm -hmm. So it was through meditation that I was able to actually access information uh beyond the scope of this realm or this uh -huh. world i was having memories of these galactic wars that were taking place in our galaxy in orion um, in orion well basically um in in lyra the wars in lyra, in lyra. Gotcha. yes they were, we were attacked by the orion mm -hmm. by the orions and so i was having memories as as to who i was in those wars i was actually you know the king of lyra mm, were you really <laughs> yeah, <I was. laughs> we're speaking with the king of lyra everybody <laughs> all hail <laughs> but Continue. thank you for that but i'm very humble you know i don't, I don't expect to be called king. by the way this guy is like massive like i work out a lot but this is when i stand next to this dude this guy is just like all right well i'm just gonna quit working out now but anyways, good. <laughs> you know, it's it's me trying to uh, keep up with my galactic um, avatar because right. my galactic avatar. avatar, as your galactic avatars, are very well and you know in shape, and everyone's fit mm -hmm. in the fifth mm -hmm. entire dimensions. Right. Yeah, we don't have we don't deal with these less dense, bodies. less dense, less dense, yeah. more light body, more light bodies. So you know, our physique is more. Um, it's fit, you know, guys are really buff with six right. packs, and women look like goddesses. You know, right. very fit tone and you know perfect abs. Nice, I mean. Off topic, how, how many times a week do you work out? Uh, every day. Every I, I day. Take one day off. Maybe one day off a week, just relax. One but... day off. All right, next question. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, before we get into the to the nitty gritty, please purchase your our cosmic origin. I've uh, I'm about three quarters of the way through. It's it's a great book, and thank you again for this information, this knowledge. You're welcome. It's my contribution to humanity in these times of awakening. Perfect. So um, let's go ahead and jump in. Um, can you tell us about the seven super universes? Sure, Helen. Uh, the seven super universes are considered eventuated realities. Uh, they don't have a beginning or end, like the experimental local universe verses that exist within the lower spheres of, of reality. So in the beginning, there was just one singular consciousness that existed in the form of what we call a always existing realm, infinite state of, uh, in, of eternity, uh, in which uh, many have called the motherverse. Scientists call it the metaverse, um, cutting-edge science through quantum physics and uh, super string theory and, and those avenues mm -hmm. of study. But uh, in terms of the esoteric and, and um, metaphysical studies, um, it is known as the central universe. The, central the grand universe. central the universe. Grand central universe, yes. Gotcha. And when you say metaverse, not to be confused with Facebook's metaverse. <laughs> Two different, Two uh, different, different things. things. Yeah. Do, you, do you think, this is just a, just a question here, do you think people behind Facebook are aware of this and are trying to spin the metaverse in such a way that works for their narrative. Absolutely. They are. Mm. Yes. It's part of the inversion right. of the, the original organic truth. Right. Wow. When I first heard of the metaverse, just instantly just cringed when Facebook came out with it. I just did not feel good about it. Whatsoever. And many of us didn't. Right. You mentioned that there are seven super universes. What is, and you mentioned this in your book, 
what is the significance of the number seven? Why seven? Okay, so going back to the original state of infinity, which was one singular consciousness, right. that consciousness, um, which existed in the middle of the void of all darkness, uh, one day got bored and decided to explore more of itself. And so, um, and also to understand is that that's the state of existence that scientists would call base reality, mm -hmm. where there, it's not simulation, it's something that has always existed, pure consciousness, in other words. Right. Um, in terms of light, it is the light uh, before going through the glass, creating the different Refracts the Refract seven different exactly. colors. That's why it's seven. It's seven. So, mm. exactly. gotcha. so that's how the seven, seven colors of the rainbow came about. <laughs> gotcha. It was that singular source consciousness first uh, uh, dividing itself into seven aspects of itself. Right. Each one with its own color, its own vibration, its own characteristics. But yet, at the same time, um, due to the holographic concept of reality, each one also containing the whole of the motherverse within mm -hmm. each aspect mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. seven. So each containing the whole, each, the sum of its parts containing the whole. Absolutely. Was that the result of the separation? Yes. That was the initial separation. That was the or initial. the Big Bang as mainstream the science knows it. Yeah, the in initial cosmic immaculate conception. Right, mm. right. That's the true meaning of the Immaculate Conception. And why is our universe the only universe that has yet to ascend back to its original source? Very good question, Helen. And many people have asked me that question. It turns out that our local universe in which we belong to is, is the end result that will complete the uh, organization of the super universe of Orbiton. So... As, as mentioned, you know, there are seven super universes uh -huh. in which this metaverse or the central universe first divides into. Mm -hmm. Our local universe uh, belongs to the seventh segment known as Orvinton. Orvinton. Gotcha. And so in, within the seventh segment, um, our local universe was designed by the Council of Aversa, which is the, the order of the Ancient of Days, mm -hmm. uh, of those, which is those that are... Um, governing uh, the different realms within the seven super universe to create a universe in which it would act as a culmination, involutionary, and evolutionary of all the universes that have existed prior to the creation right. of our universe. So our universe is kind of like the potpourri and the so, grand finale of the, the grand universe. finale. Yes. As you've mentioned in your book, you said exactly. this is the final battle and resolution of duality in Absolutely. this universe on this earth. Yes. So what does that mean to be incarnated on earth at this time? It is the best thing ever for the souls that are down here in these, you know, new vehicles that were right. designed for us, uh, because we are you know, considered the, you know, biological royalty of the entire multiverse that um, it exists within the periphery of the seventh super universe. Right. We are the end result of all that. We carry within our genetics um, all the genes of all the human races that have existed prior to the development of our last creation. This is huge. Very huge. This is huge, and this is knowledge that everyone should know, yes. should become aware of at some Absolutely. point. I that like. they are royalty. <laughs> my God. I think there's chills up, going up and down my body. Well, and then so I saw that on your Instagram that you talked about Eternals. It has a mm. lot of representation of what you just shared, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Tiamat, Draconians are mm -hmm. in Eternals. Absolutely. Yeah. They use a lot of symbolism. Are they doing this on purpose? Um, I think it's part of the awakening part uh, disclosure of the awakening. process. Mm -hmm. yeah. Disclosure. Yeah, the original writers of Marvel Comics, um, before they were given over to Disney, because Disney's controlled by the dark side. The Cabal. Uh, the Cabal, exactly. Um, mm. Were actually intending to bring about disclosure through comics because they were told not to disclose what's really going on. So, so it's, it's in plain sight. Absolutely. Everything yeah. is in plain sight. You just have to read between the lines. Yeah, it is. And, and unfortunately, most pe people see it as sci-fi. Right. Myth. Exactly. Mm. But it's also the same way done with DC Comics. You right. know, it's bringing back mythology. 
Right. The idea that Atlantis did exist, you know, when you think of the the latest Justice League movie, um, it's about how uh, during the first uh, threat to the Earth, when um, what's his name, the Destroyer of Worlds, uh, what's his, uh, not Doomsday, um, no, Dark oh, Side, Dark Side came to the Earth for the first yeah. time. There was a union of warriors. You know, the Atlanteans joined the, the uh -huh. battle. The the Olympian yeah. gods joined the battle, and even uh, off-world helpers. Uh, in the form of the Green Lantern Corps came mm -hmm. to join the battle. So it was a, uh, an alliance of all these different benevolent uh, forces that were trying right. to preserve the Earth in those times. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is all that stuff really took place. Right. But Darkseed was under a different name. Right. It wasn't Darkseed, you know, it was something else. So right. There's mm -hmm. a lot of truth to these comics, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, these beings go through different names over different time spans of different eras. Exactly. Right. Yes, exactly. On Earth, the souls that currently reside on Earth are 80% ancient, 20% middle-aged, and there are very few new souls on Earth. Is this accurate? 80% um, ancient? Ancient. The souls that are here on the Earth? Yes. It's actually the other way around. Mm. Yes, there's only <laughs> about 10 or 11, 12% of the population that are ancient souls, and okay. the 87 or 89% of the population are newbie souls or younger souls. And I've heard the best of the best come here. Yes, within the 10, 12%, the best of the best came here from the higher realms. And that's what we consider the star seeds and gotcha. the different indigo, crystal, and rainbow children. Right. Will there be more children that will be born awakened? Absolutely. And they're actually already starting to come in fully awakened, just like I did. I was right. just one of the, they had to send me a little early. <laughs> you know, they had to send me, but my time, uh, most of the children that are coming in fully awakened are actually coming in as of 2012. Gotcha. 2012. Wow. Um, so I want to talk about how there's, three categories of space age civilizations. Can you explain what those sure. three categories are? Yeah, according to the Cartavish scale of uh, extraterrestrial civilizations, all civilizations that exist within the space age community fall under uh, three categories. Um, but technically there's actually five, but let me go over with the first three. Right. So the first one is known as an interplanetary society or civilization, which is a civilization that is in the beginning stage of space travel. They no longer use fossil fuels. They no longer use plants. They no longer use, you know, um, carbon-based petrochemical substances uh, like we do when we launch, you know, uh, rocket ships, which right. fail most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah, they, they use zero-point field. They use uh, planetary power. And that's what mm. allows them to soar off not only into our uh, local vicinity within our star system, but also within other star systems. But they only have access to a few star systems. Right. So those are considered a planetary society. The next level of that uh, would be considered a stellar civilization. Now, stellar civilization is known to be a few thousand years of a planetary society. At that point, uh, they have already mastered interdimensional physics, zero-point energy, and are able to manipulate uh, wormholes and stargates due through their uh, interdimensional understanding of physics. And at, they're able to um, now have access to an entire galaxy. So that's what you call a stellar uh, civilization. Gotcha. Um, the next level up is known as a galactic civilization. Now, a galactic civilization is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years of a planetary civilization, a few million years of um, a zero, uh, I guess, level zero civilization, which is primitive, kind of like where uh, we're at, but we're we're, we're at a zero point five. No, we're right? actually at a zero point nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're we're <laughs> getting ready. There. To, yeah, almost <laughs> there, Helen. We're, we're actually in the midst of a transition um, between a zero point uh, level of society to a type one. Oh, jeez. And it's going to happen within our lifetimes. Actually, well, within the next few. We years. We were a type what two, three before. During the times of Atlantis, Atlantis, we were actually a type two. Type two. Mm. Yes. Gotcha. We've regressed. We've regressed, unfortunately, to the you know uh, infiltration that took place by the Draco or the, the negative aliens mm -hmm. during the times of Atlantis. So a um, 
a type a three is is uh, millions of years ahead of a type zero. Uh, it's a hundred thousands of years ahead of a type one, and a few thousand years ahead of a type two. Hmm. And uh, what makes a type th a three different is that uh, not only are they able to harness um, star power from as many suns as they want, but they're actually able to harness the entire pow power of an entire galaxy by tapping into the galactic core. Wow. Yeah, at that point, uh, you consider yourself immortal. They use wow. about 48 strands of DNA. 48. Uh, 48 strands, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we're only using two strands here. Two, yeah. strands. <laughs> two strands. Like you said, we're operating at 10% capacity. Not even that. Not 4%. even that. 4%, according to research, yeah. My God. <laughs> On the topic of DNA, yeah, sure. when you become more light beings, um, we've we've talked about like you, you become, the DNA becomes more crystallized. Absolutely. Crystalline based. Crystalline based. Mm -hmm. Is, do you know if like it goes from carbon to silicone or like? It does. It's oh, you're silicone. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It does. So as we become part of a um, type one civilization, um, we are actually going to be using car both carbon and silicon based and our bodies are going to be upgraded. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of living uh, for a hundred years, we're actually going to have a lifespan of a few hundred years. A few hundred. And, and that's the actual lifespan of, of, of civilizations that exist within a type one interplanetary mm. culture. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, in comparison, uh, a type two interplanetary culture, uh, they have inhabitants that live up to a, a, a couple thousand years, couple to thousand. three thousand years, yeah, right. because they're using. Or the Syrians also well, live the Syrians up to. Are pi they're they're a type three. Type they're, three. They're galactic. Yeah, galactic, those are yeah. the overseers uh, and uh, pretty much the grand directors of the forces of light um, here within our galaxy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're at the head of the Federation and all the the light stations. Gotcha. <laughs> um, our records have been edited and condensed to show one wavelength, one spectrum of reality. Why has this been done? Because during the times of Atlantis, um, the powers that took over not only erased uh, the true history of the Earth, which connects to the galactic history of our Milky Way, but what they did is they took the existing Terranusian race, which was a 12-strand um, race of beings who are our real ancestors. We do not come from monkeys. Let me just repeat that again, people. We do not come from apes. We have yeah. primate DNA within us, but we did not exactly. evolve from apes. No. No, our, not at all. It's actually the other way around. We came from above. You know, mm -hmm. we devolved from galactic uh, humanoids, as yeah. you call in your book, involution. Involution. Yeah. Involution. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so we've been a part of this process of involution, which is the actual descent of spirit into matter through the lowering of frequency and vibration. Mm -hmm. And um, so, going back to your original questions, the reason we were only led to use only four percent was because the powers that took over actually uh, untangled or they unplugged twelve yeah. strands. We were essentially unplugged. Yeah, we were essentially unplugged from accessing our, you know, galactic multi-dimensional and multi-dimensional consciousness. Absolutely, and they did it in order to control us. They did it uh, by uh, putting some implants within our etheric bodies, mm -hmm. um, causing the pituitary gland to shut down, as well as uh, ninety percent of our brain that became unfunctional as a result of these mm -hmm. implants. And um, they did it in order to reduce us, reduce us down to savages, uh, you know, right above the level of Neanderthal, in order for us to just become. Uh, you know, uh, a type of race that would just take orders right. by these mm -hmm. new powers that took over the affairs of the earth during the Atlantean decline. Yeah. For the non-spiritualists out there who will be listening to this, watching this, the wheels are going to be turning. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I Which hope is so. part of the point, right? Yeah. Which is part of the point. A lot of the stuff is, is, you know, I've learned over the years and it's still, whenever I relearn this stuff, it still like hits me in the core. Just I went through a deep dark depression. We talked about this in the last episode where I woke up to the society of domination and control. I just I 
threw my hands up, threw all the books down and didn't want to do anything. <laughs> so just thanks to people like you who continue to put this information out there. So thank you again. Well, um, like I said, I feel like I'm being an instrument. I'm being used by, by something forces. greater than myself. So I, yeah, I, all the thanks goes to creator source, creator. you know, cause creator source is the one that has been guiding me throughout the, um, I guess my research and my gotcha. downloads. And, and this is a divine meeting right now. Very divine. Yeah. Very divine. <laughs> <laughs> As an example, I think to point out for listeners, um, since our podcast is called Awaken Now, what, when you are more spiritual, right? Like, just like Ismail just exemplified, you really don't feel like it's you, right? Because you is ego, exactly. right? And you're just here Something to Something is working through yeah. you. Yeah. 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 You give like all that. credit to, to the collective, the greater, mm -hmm. you know, the greater, um, what I call infinite intelligence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Base reality. Base reality. Yeah. You say. <laughs> so because we were unplugged, is that why we are only able to perceive 4% of the universe? Yes. There's a, that's a perfect mathematical correlation. Um, mm -hmm. We're only using 4% of our full genetic material. Therefore, we're only using 4% uh, of our full um, mental capacity. And as a result of that, about 96% of our reality has been missing. And this is where, where scientists uh, put some names and label it, calling it dark matter. Dark matter. Dark Can matter. you explain what dark matter actually yeah. is? Absolutely. So basically... Um, when, when astronomers observe the sky and they see all those galaxies, they're only perceiving the 4%. Mm -hmm. Those galaxies exist within the 4%. The other 96% is, is what they would call dark matter and dark mm -hmm. energy. But what they fail to realize is that that's reality vibrating at higher dimensions than the 11th that, dimension. That or we can't perceive that with we the human see. eye. Yeah, now we're going into the realms of the local universes, right. um, which uh, encompasses dimensions 11 and 12. And then we're also going into the realms of the mother uh, or the super universe, which encompasses dimensions 13 and 14. And then finally going into the realm of the mother central universe, which uh, in includes dimensions 15. And then even within the 15 dimensional higher level of reality, there's, it, it also, there's also other dimensions that are growing as a result of the expansion of the motherverse. <laughs> So yeah, it's we're, we're dealing so, with infinity. Simply, <laughs> simply, Always infinity. Simply put, there's lots more going on than we can actually perceive. Always. <laughs> yeah. Always. So knowing that Earth was originally known as Tiamat, could you tell us how Tiamat was destroyed? Sure. Okay. So Tiamat was known as a super Earth. Our Earth was four times the size of our current Earth. Mm. Um, back then, we were much taller. We were actually anywhere from 12 feet to 36 feet. Mm -hmm. And so, and that explains all of the different uh, archaeological uh, findings, findings of right. these skeleton huge, huge giants. giants. Exactly. Giants. So they, they're, they came from Tiamat, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so during the times of Tiamat, uh, Earth was uh, part of the first seating. Uh, so we had um, Tiamat, we had Mercury, Mars, uh, Venus. We also have another planet called Mildek, which was also destroyed uh, during the the, the first, uh, I guess, uh, war that reached our neck of the woods. And then we also had uh, Pluto, you know, and the jovial planets. And then, of course, Nibiru. Nibiru was always the 12th planet, but Nibiru had an elongated orbit. It only came 3, in 3,600 years. years. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened in Tiamat was... Um, was a gradual devastation. Um, it was an infiltration that took place when the Draconians first sent out their scouting uh, ships, their scouting scientists, to figure out why there there was a sp uh, peaceful, harmonious community that was growing on Tiamat. Uh, we had, mm. you know, yeah, I know it was beautiful. It was like mm -hmm. a, what we would consider an intergalactic paradise, right? Where all these galactic species would come together and coexist in harmony. It was peace. Yes, it was love. It was harmony. It was harmony. brotherhood, sisterhood wow. uh, of one. You know, they they all believed and honored the sacred law of one right yeah the sacred divine law of one mm -hmm. and then uh, unfortunately um when the 
scouting Dracos arrived, they started reporting the situation back to the Orion uh, generals, and they started infiltrating it. Um, and eventually, uh, they couldn't infiltrate it because the Tiamat Council of Light, which was uh, then known as the uh, Covenant of Palador, which was headed by the Syrian High Council, it was run by the Syrian High Council, uh -huh. um, wouldn't allow for the infiltration to fully take place. So what the Draco did in an effort to uh, overtly try to destroy that harmonious civilization is they they pretty much um, um, decided to uh, create uh, some sort of uh, weapon system mm -hmm. and you know destroy the the entire inhabitants by using this weapon system but the weapon system uh, was also geared towards destroying the civilization that existed on mars the civilization that existed on venus and all the yeah our entire solar system was then inhabited by coexisting galactic humanoids <laughs> uh species that weren't human you know we had species that looked like dolphins that right. looked like you know, cat people, uh, every, everything that we have in the animal kingdom, we had species like that with humanoid bodies or mm -hmm. hominid physiques. The humanoid template, the two arms, two legs, two, two ears, two eyes. Absolutely. And then, of course, they had their, you know, whether it was a lion, whether it was a, you know, a bear, whether some, some of them had bird faces, but they, they all had the hominid uh, right. physique. Mm -hmm. And right. it was a peaceful coexisting, you know, uh, during right. those days. Uh, that was like four million years ago. And what happened was the Dracos launched a preempt preemptive attack against what I call in my book the first great seeding of our solar system. Right, mm. and then that's how Tiamat was destroyed. Uh, they went for the power generators, uh, which was holding the uh, electromagnetic field in place. And then when they when they snapped those generators, the entire planet went kaboom. So a portion of that planet uh, later developed into what we call now the asteroid belt, and then a portion of that planet. Um, also later developed into the new earth and into that's the how earth. the earth continued our new earth that exactly. we're currently on right now yes but it was much smaller now much smaller yeah a third of the size you would say maybe even... a little less than a third of the size gotcha. yeah, because about three-fourths of tiamat became the astro belt so right. about, about a third of the size really. gotcha wow how many times would you say earth was recolonized um many times um we're actually part of the fifth seating Fifth seating. Yeah. That happened after the destruction of Atlantis. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Atlantis was known as the first, the fourth seating. Fourth. Lemuria was the... The third. Third, and Mu was the first. No, the Mu was second. Mu and was then second. The, the first one was Tiamat. Tiamat. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's fascinating, like, the wording is used seating. So Earth is considered a living library, is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. So is it true that life from all parts of the galaxy have been seated here? Yes. Not only our galaxy, uh, from all over our universe... And all over the multiverse that are part of the seventh super universe segment of Orvinton, which consists of a hundred uh, million local universes. So all the all the marine life, <laughs> everything in our forests, everything, all the insects, basically have come from across the galaxy, across the multiverse, across the multiverse. Yes. That is insane. And we, each human, carries some sort of celestial DNA. All of them do, all actually. Of them do. All on of Earth. Them do. On Earth, yeah. We, Earth. we carry the greatest diversity of celestial genetics, mm. galactic genetics. This is this this is fascinating. That's the involution, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the involution. And, and that's why we're the masterpiece. Yeah. And that's why even the galactics and all the aliens um, consider us the hope of the, the multiverse. Oh. Because we, we were actually, in our original makeup, 
we were designed as an intergalactic race uh, mm -hmm. when when the Earth was still um, under the you know before it was controlled before it was infiltrated by the dark side. Mm -hmm. uh, we were designed to become the um, guardian race of the entire super universe of Orvintai mm -hmm. from this planet. That's how special this planet is. It's very special. It's the hot spot in the universe. Very hot. Yes, it's it's, it's the, the best place to be. There's a waiting line essentially. There is for souls to come down here <laughs> for, and for souls to come these down bodies. Here. Yes, these are the most advanced biological. Yeah. Um, well, as we begin to tap into our crystalline silicone DNA, then we are considered the the best natural organic technology that has ever been made. Oh my God, this is fascinating. <laughs> the body is the most advanced piece of technology on Earth, and it's a living technology it's inhabited living by technology. consciousness, yeah, and spirit, and that's and... the difference between us and artificial intelligence, right? And that's... so. That, I, I don't know. I just need I need to highlight that for our listeners. Yeah. Consider yeah. your body as technology. Right. <laughs> the, the most, and I tell this to my clients, it's the most advanced piece of technology out there. It requires proper maintenance, the highest maintenance, rather. Yes. Sleep, daily practice, meditation, daily care of your body, watching food. your thoughts, food. And so I, I implore the listeners and watchers out there to just love your body yeah self-love again like we always talk and about care. and care and care yeah. self-care treat it like a sacred temple a temple yes no it's an ashram this is awesome Ishmael. thank you <laughs> oh, i love this is um what i was born to do i love yeah stuff. it looks easy for you yeah it's, it's just fantastic. like oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know to me it's it's more about bringing this information to a wider our audience because yeah. really what we're dealing which with is our goal is, as well is we we want to create this critical mass effect where once enough people become awakened and aware of the, the truth of, of the higher picture of the cosmos, I think that's when um, we're going to be in the initial stage of, of, of the age of Aquarius, living right. a new heaven on earth or mm -hmm. entering the golden age. Right, because apparently we're at the end of the 26,000 year cycle and we're starting another one. Yes, we are. Gotcha. This year or? Uh, it ended According when? to my research, and I even say it in my book, by no later than 2024, earth mm. will be reinstated uh, back to the galactic community. Okay. Under a full... Um, under the councils of light, where there is going to be no more evil. Mm. Yeah. So we're heading there soon. Wow. Yes. That's two years away. That's why things feel like they're hitting the shit right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, things are accelerating. Yeah. Things are accelerating. Yeah. Things are accelerating. <laughs> you just kind of take notice of every, all the societal issues going, and planetary issues going on currently. It's insane. It's crazy. Our Earth has been quarantined since the Draconians took over. Mm-hmm. I heard that the quarantine was taken down in 2015. Is that correct? Um, yes, actually. Yes, it was actually quarantined, not because the... Okay, so let me go back. When the Draconians uh, infiltrated us through Atl the Atlantean times and destroyed Atlantis, um, the cosmic current that used to hold Earth... Um, and connected Earth through the 15-dimensional stargates, allowing Earth to exist in a multi-dimensional reality, became shut. Mm -hmm. So Earth was reduced to just one one wavelength of reality at right. that point. Um, and the Federation, or the good guys, had to actually intervene because they had already won the war in the galaxy. And in order to prevent this newfound tyranny here on this Earth after Atlantis from spreading across the galaxy again, um, they had to quarantine. So the quarantine uh, took place by the forces of light in order to you know, keep the dark uh, or the fallen ones here trapped in our solar system so mm -hmm. that when the time was right, which is now at the end of the cycle, they would be zapped by the by the solar flare or this event that's going mm -hmm. to destroy. The great solar flash. The great solar flash, yeah, and, and be destroyed. And that would uh, that event would usher in 
a whole new uh, era in not only for the earth but for the entire galaxy so of everyone's peace love and light peace and light everyone's <laughs> yeah. in for a huge spiritual evolution absolutely yes and 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 yes to to answer your question the um quarantine was lifted in 2015 2015 yes. mm-hmm. by the syrian high council who is at the head of the galactic federation now i we keep mentioning the draconians can you explain to the listeners out there who have never heard of the draconians before can you explain who they are yeah the draconians is a reptilian is a hostile reptilian race so let me just point out that in the multiverse there's uh benevolent reptilians that are not hostile and then there's regressive or malevolent reptilians that are very hostile so the draconians mm-hmm. was a a label given to those that are hostile uh they originated in the solar system of alpha draconis which is in lower orion and from there, um, they were able to repopulate neighboring solar systems like Sigma Draconis, as well as um, Zeta Reticula 1 and 2, mm-hmm. which is now which is known as the Rambola system. And then from there, they created what became known as the Draconian Empire once they had a few systems in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also recruited uh, lower biological entities such as the insectoids and Grace. the Zetas and the mm-hmm. Greys. Yeah. Uh, in order to uh, work with them as their their soldiers, right? So their pawns, their pawns, exactly. And then gradually they started expanding into the lower belt of Orion. And then the whole goal was to bring the Draconian Empire to uh, the entire Orion uh, constellation or region, as and then eventually bring it to the entire galaxy. But they they were blocked by the Federation and the Lyrans and the you know the humanoid the galactic humanoids as I call in my book. Who actually had a different philosophy yeah. and a different agenda mm. to theirs? <laughs> yeah, so that's how the Galactic Wars began. So the, these beings, the Draconians, are hostile. They're ruthless. They're ruthless. Yes, they're actually the children of Lucifer. They're uh, they are what we would consider fallen angels. Fallen angels. And so, because their body, um, their spirit was not able to uh, incorporate or inhabit uh, an avatar like us, which is what I call in my book, the Adam Catmon, which is the mm-hmm. humanoid face mm-hmm. with the torso, the arms and the legs. Right. Um, Lucifer um, developed biogenetically engineered vehicles for these fallen, you know, etheric beings right. from the higher dimensions to uh, embody in order for for them to continue the, you know, Luciferian agenda, which is pretty much the domination and control of all existence in a dictatorship. Dictatorship. Yeah. So that's the origin of all dictatorships. <laughs> right. That's, it stems that's... from that <laughs> bloodline. Yeah. Yes. It, it was a bloodline that was actually transferred uh, to the earth. And that's who the, you know, um, the elite families are today. They're a hybrid between Draco mm. blood and humanoid blood. Right. Yeah. From Orion. There are families from Orion that came to the earth during the Atlantean times. What is the current state of Orion? Now, the, the many, the galactic wars have spanned millions of years in Orion. Yes, what many, is millions, of, millions years. of years. What is the current state of Orion right now? Okay, as of 2014, Orion was recently liberated. And it was, okay, so this, let me go back a little bit. Orion was originally liberated 15,000 years ago during the t- when Atlantis was still at its golden age, where, where it was still peaceful before the infiltration. But what happened was um, many of the Dracos traveled into the future. They, uh-huh. they did time travel to recruit, uh, to to pop into our reality during the Nazi times mm-hmm. and, and and give Hitler the tech. Mm-hmm. And so Hitler developed the first secret space program that became known as the Dark Fleet, right. which was Heard an allegiance that. between the Draco that came from the past into the future to wow. create this, you know, negative alliance. And so technically, yes, Hitler lost the war in the surface world, surface world, but he ended up winning the war in space because what the Draco were doing is they were using these 
again, since we are the you know the chosen race, they took these Nazi these Germans mm -hmm. and they genetically enhance them to go back in time and then rewin the war against the Federation. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, to 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 take That's it crazy. back from the Federation. So. So it was one of those things where time travel was involved, but then again, you know, the forces of light under the leadership of the Lyran Syrian Pleiadian coalition also time traveled and created Solar Warden to counteract that. And Jeez. so, yeah, so the war has been won twice in Orion, first in uh, 15,000 years ago, right. and then secondly, just recently, thanks to Solar Warden uh, in 2014. Jeez. So that's when they were, the, the uh, super soldiers that were serving in these 20 year and back programs, you know, were sent back to the earth. In 2014, after winning the war. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. There are a couple, um, what do you call them? Power players? Yeah, that you mentioned there. And just in case our listeners don't know, can you talk about the Syrians, the Palladians, the Greys? Sure, yes. So the Coalition of Light uh, in our galaxy is headed by the Syrian High Council. The Syrians are the highest evolved humanoids, which would be considered type three in galactic civilization capable of harnessing the entire planet, I mean, the entire power of an entire galaxy. And so the Lyrans are their physical counterparts because the Syrians are, they're very etheric. They don't, they only operate with uh, what is known as light body. They don't have phys physical um, bodies. They don't even have silicone-based bodies. They, wow. have, they have what is known as hydroplasmic bodies, huh. yeah, which is beyond silicone. That's right. next level up beyond silicone. Right. We're not, so we're not able to perceive them with the human eye. No, they would appear to be invincible to us. And, gotcha. and also bear in mind that all the dimensions uh, coexist within the same space and mm. at the same time. They're right. just on different frequencies. Right. So the Lyrans, um, who were considered the cradle of humanity in our galaxy, were actually the ones that um, cited, created the first uh, alliance of light with the Syrians. And then, of course, other uh, galactic humanoids, such as the Pleiadians joined, the Arcturians, uh, those of the Andromedans um, and, you know, different star systems eventually joined the Coalition of Light. But it all started with Syrian, Sirius, and Lyra. Lyrans. Yeah. Lyrans. Have you read uh, The Prism of Lyria by Alyssa Royal? I've heard of it. I haven't had an opportunity, though, to read it. Gotcha. It's basically a brief synopsis of galactic history. Oh, nice. So, but you give a little bit more detail, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about the power players in our galactic history. So we have King Anu, we have the, the Enlil, yeah. and we have the Enki. Mm -hmm. I would like to sure. expand on these characters a, a bit further for those of you that who have first heard about these people. All right, so this is, I guess, uh, something that everybody should know, that everything we know about the Anunnaki was um, mistranslated and jaded by the high priest of Marduk, Baal, Belial, who was considered the son of Enki. So they, they wrote them in, in the sense where they wanted to give all, all the glory to Enki as the good guy. And at the same time, they were trying to throw Enlil under the bus saying that he's the one who created the flood. He's the one who didn't want us to evolve. And he was trying to constantly destroy us. Many records have said that. Contradict yes, each other. Exactly. Enlil's a bad guy. Enki's a bad guy. Right, right, right. But according to the Restored Niburan Council, this is how it all began. So we're dealing with two different galactic royal bloodlines. We're dealing with the... Bloodline of Michael, which uh, originated in Lyra and Sirius. And then we're also dealing with the bloodline of Lucifer that are originated mm -hmm. in Alpha Draconis and Orion. Mm -hmm. So the bloodline of Michael is known as the House of Avion, which is represented by its animal emblem, the lion. Right. And then the um, you know, bloodline of Draco is represented by the serpent, or the, you know, the what they call the, the lizard mm -hmm. people. And so throughout the Galactic Wars, um, these bloodlines were at the core of the reason 
why these two different alien factions were warring each other. <laughs> you know, one of them wanted to to establish the bloodline of Michael in a peaceful, harmonious way, uh, following the law of one, the sacred law of oneness in, philo in the philosophy of unity consciousness, mm -hmm. while the other one was trying to do the opposite of that and, you know, destroy specimens, do whatever they want to do with other, you know, galactic species. And so what happened in Sirius, in order to put an end to this, you know, rivalry, uh, they created what is what became known as the uh, Lyrian Anuhasi, which later became the Anunnaki, or what Anunnaki. we call the Niberians. Mm -hmm. So the Lyrian Anuhasi were the original Anunnaki. They were the Niberians before they came to the Earth. And they right. were um, the lineage of Michael through, um, you know, the Lyrian-Syrian uh, alliance. Mm -hmm. And so eventually when the Draco also infiltrated through their own... Um, bloodline which was a combination of, of vegan uh, royalty and draconian and that became that uh, gave us what became known as the you know the hybrid draco humanoid seed they eventually infiltrated nibiru and so mm. throughout the history of nibiru there was always a conflict because some of the descendants carried a higher concentration mm -hmm. of the reptilian genetics and then some of the descendants carried a higher concentration of the Lyrian michael genetics mm -hmm. so there was always a clash between those two genetics throughout the niberian history so basically anu who is was known as the king of the niberians during the times that the anunnaki or niberians came to the earth um was had more of the michael bloodline so he was the good guy he was actually you know, fighting in this galactic war right. against the Draconian Empire. But for the most part, Nibiru was created as the Battlestar planet to put an end to the galactic wars. Okay, that's why they were known as the Defender of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. And um, they served the light they, under the direction of the Syrian High Council. But what Anu did was, after the destruction of Tiamat, only about 2% of the reptilians survived. 2%? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2%. On just, the surface. On the surface. And in that 2%, um, we had Dramin, who was the draconian queen representing the house. Dramia. Dramia. Dramin. Dramin. D-R-A-M-I-N. Dramin. 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 And so she pleaded to Anu. She was, you know, held hostage. She pleaded to Anu, please, you know, don't kill me. Um, mm. I will now change sides to the light and give you intel so that you could win the Orion Wars against the Draco Empire. Okay. And so what happened was one night she ended up getting Anu drunk. <laughs> and started dancing for him very seductress you right. know and she was a very um, even though she was the queen of the draco she was also part humanoid so she mm -hmm. represented that mixture okay. she was i guess very attractive in anu's eyes during the time of his him being buzzed <laughs> and so she uh, according to the original story she seduced him into having a child with him and that's how anki was anki. born yes wow when when in actuality anu who is a pure stock representative of the lear and michael lineage was supposed to marry his cousin Antu, who was the Pleiadian queen, also descendant of the original Lyran House of Avion. And that's <laughs> what gave us Enlil. So Enlil. eventually they had a child and that's half what gave brothers. Us half brothers, yes. Mm.